Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Aris Zukanayan. Hi Church, welcome online again. You know what? Thank you for joining us week in and week out right here online through the internet. I want to thank you for logging in and for being faithful to listen to the Word of God. You know what? I've been hearing so many wonderful testimonies on how you and I have been blessed you know, by this online experience. Many of you wrote in to say how blessed you were listening to the Word of God right where you are in your living room, comfortably and safely. So I just want to say thank you. But at the same time, we all can't wait to be back here in Suntech. And uh, things have been so disruptive and volatile lately. It's so uncertain, but kudos to all our volunteers and our workers, you know, for always being ready and to put this up online experience to every one of you week in and week out. So please do me a favour. When we all come back again here in Suntech, when you see all our sound crew, when you see our media crew, our visual comm crew, and especially our healthcare workers, please, when you come back, please show your appreciation to them and tell them how much we love them and how much we appreciate them. Thank you, City Harvest Church. So right now, we want to go to the Word of God and let's begin with a word of prayer. But before we pray, we just want to be sure that we keep ourselves hygienic by always sanitizing your hand. Because later on, when you see me preaching and holding my face with my fingers or with my hands, I don't want you to be distracted. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful time that we can be gathered here online. We pray that today that the Word of God will minister to each and every single one right where they are in the living room or in every locations that they are in right now. We pray that the Word of God will bring faith. We pray that the Word of God will minister to them so deeply. We pray that the Word of God will captivate every young and old so that they can hear the Word of God and let the Word of God sink deep inside their heart to produce 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold in Jesus' name. So Lord, we commit to you this online service unto your hand and we pray that you will speak to us like only you can. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now church, as we are in this season of Lent and we are all gearing towards Easter, I want to bring to you this verse in Matthew chapter 11. You know what? The last weeks, Pastor Kong has been preaching to us on the importance of having a prayer life like Jesus. Like you, I've been tremendously blessed that prayer is meditation on the Word of God. Prayer is learning to pray in the name of Jesus. And that is to be able to pray having the character and the nature of Jesus Christ. Prayer is also having a conversation with God. And prayer is also about adoration. But you know what, church? As you and I begin to learn about prayer, it is also important for you to know that prayer, it is not just a tool to get what you want in life. You know what? In fact, listening to Pastor Kong's sermons on prayer, I'm even more convinced that prayer is not just a tool to get what I want. Prayer is not just a tool. It is not a terms of transaction. It is more than that. Prayer, it is not about getting but it is about being. It is about becoming more and more like Jesus. Through prayer and through worship, 
you and I are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And church, when you and I pray, and when you and I are transformed, you know what? You will learn to pray according to the will of God. Your prayer desires will gravitate towards God's will instead of just insisting on your own will. And when you become a person like that, when you become a Christian like that, you'll be able to pray according to God's will. And when you pray according to God's will, the Bible says God in heaven will be more than happy to answer all your prayer requests. That's what prayer is all about. It is not about getting, but it is about being. It is about becoming. But today, I want to build on that by looking at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to verse 30. Now, he says over here, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what, church? This season of Lent, as we focus our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, through the cross of Calvary, He wants to take your burden away, and in exchange, He wants to give you rest. You see, that's why our faith in God, it is not about transaction. It is not a transaction, but it is an exchange. Through the cross of Jesus, there is a great exchange that happened. He wants to take away your burden, and in exchange, He wants to give you rest. Remember, it is not a transaction, but it is an exchange. Through the cross of Jesus, He wants to take away the burden of sin. And in exchange, He wants to give you rest in the form of forgiveness and redemption. He wants to take away the burden of sickness and diseases in your life to give you rest in the form of healing and good health. He wants to take away the burden of guilt and condemnation that you and I struggle with to give you rest in the form of peace and unconditional love. You know what, church? In fact, during this period of uncertainty and anxiety with the COVID-19 situation, do you know that in the book of Numbers, when the Israelites were all being bitten by venomous snakes and when all around Moses, people are falling down because of the poison. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 to verse 9, the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole because anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and look at the bronze snake, they live. You know what, church? Moses told the people to look at the snake on that pole that was being put up. That snake is represented by Jesus Christ. This speaks of Jesus, who became the embodiment of sin and pain for you and I. And as Jesus was being put up on the cross, just like how the snake was being put up on that pole, the Bible says, whoever look at him will live. There was no transaction but there was a great exchange. My friends, during this period of anxiety and worry, 
What must you do? Just look at Jesus. Focus your eyes on the cross. Focus your eyes on the Word of God. The first thing that you should be reading every morning is not reading the newspaper and to see how many more new COVID-19 virus cases or how many more new countries that have been infected. No, the first thing that you should be focusing and looking at is the Scripture, is the Word of God, is to look at Jesus. The Bible says, Fear not, for the Lord your God is with you. And you know what? The first thing that you should be focusing on is the Word of God, the cross of Jesus. Because at the cross, by His stripes, you and I have been made whole and healed in Jesus' name. More importantly, focus your eyes on Psalms 91 the very verse that you and I have been called to memorize and to meditate over the last few weeks. Listen, look at Jesus. Don't focus at your circumstances or the bad reports that you read in the news. Remember, you read the news to be informed, but not to be influenced by fear. You read the Bible, not just to be informed, but you read the Bible to be transformed, to become more and more like Jesus, to think like Jesus, and to have the faith of Jesus Christ. So, every time you look at Jesus, and when you focus your eyes on Him, on the cross, there is a great exchange of burden to rest, sickness to healing, mourning into dancing, sadness into joy, crisis to peace. But today, I want to talk about, we need to know, how does this great exchange works? Because it doesn't work through transactions. How does this exchange works? You know what, church? If you think that this is a transaction, if you think that this great exchange happens because of merit or because of works, or if you have this view that it is a reward-based system of merit. Let me tell you, church, you will be disappointed. But many Christians, unfortunately, have this point of view, unconsciously or consciously, that it is like a transaction, that to obtain those blessings in life, God works through a reward system of merits. It's very much like a loyalty program that you find in most businesses. If you ask me, what do you mean by that, Pastor? You know, it's like a loyalty program that you find in most businesses, like in Starbucks, like in your favorite boba tea outlets. The more you purchase from them, the more points you accumulate, and therefore, you can achieve certain or more rewards. That's why if we have this kind of mentality, if we go through Christianity having this idea, that if we participate in more spiritual activities, like we pray more, like we read the Bible more, or maybe for example, you know, right, we are more up to date in our Bible reading than most pastors in the church, or we fast more than most people in the church. We have this idea that God is therefore obligated to reward us with the blessing that we want Him to give. Therefore, we think that God is obligated to reward us with blessing and a peaceful life this year. I remember like what Pastor Kong preached a couple of weeks back, 
like the rich young ruler that pastor talked about. We think that by doing a set of good works or behaviors, we therefore earn the rights to our rewards and to peaceful living. Now church, is this how the great exchange works? By accumulating more reward points? By doing more spiritual activities? Or by doing more good works to achieve more merits in order for you and I to receive the blessing? Listen, with this kind of thinking, that's why so many Christians and members are left confused. You know what, the last couple of weeks, some members even questioned me. Pastor, why is it that the COVID-19 virus is mostly affecting the churches? Why is it that it is almost like the Christians are the ones that suffer the most? You know what, Pastor, I don't get it. I'm confused. I pray, I am committed, I go to church regularly. But why is it that we are not protected? Why is it that we are not blessed? Listen, if you view the cross as a reward-based loyalty program or merit-based system of faith, you will end up being confused. You will end up disappointed. And some people got even disillusioned. That's why, just like the rich young ruler, you will find it very difficult to follow Jesus. And after a while, most people ended up not following Him after a season. So therefore, what is this system of currency of this great exchange of the, on the cross? If it is not a transaction, if it is an exchange, how does this work? I'm glad you asked because I want you to go back again to read Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, verse 30. But this time around, I want you to read it in the message version. Okay? Now, let's read the message version. Jesus says, Are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. Jesus says, I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Listen, learn the unforced rhythms of grace because I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Wow, <laughs> what a great verse. You see, church, the great exchange of the cross happens when you realize that following Jesus is not based on a reward system of merit or what they usually call as salvation by works. But it is about learning the unforced rhythms of grace or what we always know as we are saved by grace. I want to repeat that one more time. Learning to follow Jesus. It is about learning that following Jesus is not based on a reward system of merit or salvation by works. But it is about learning the unforced rhythms of grace, which is saved by grace. Two very different things. And the difference between the two is that one is doing things in order to earn the rewards he wants. That means 
you are in a crisis. Now, the reason why Jesus says that you are burdened, that you are worn out, that you are tired, most likely is because of a crisis. Most likely because you are under a certain pressure. Most likely, you are burdened with something. You are in a dilemma. That's why you are worn out. You are tired. And Jesus says this, if you come to Him, you will find rest. Now, if you think that by getting that rest, it's by merit or by works, let me tell you, you have this idea that if I do certain things, then God is obligated to get me out of my crisis according to what I want Him to do. You have this idea that if I do certain things, that the reward is God will bless me according to what I want. God will bless me exactly according to my mindset, according to my imagination, according to the picture that I have in mind. That is salvation by works. That is, you know, thinking that it is a transaction, that it is a reward system of merit. But saved by grace or learning the unforced rhythm of grace is another thing. It is to submit ourselves to Him. That means you do not know how is God going to bring you out. Even though you pray that God will bring you out of this crisis, but you do not know how. You do not know how He's going to bless you. But you just learn to submit yourself to Him in order to receive His best rewards for us. So therefore, it's two different things. One is that the focus, right, is to get what I want. But the other is to focus about what God has installed for me. That we want to please Him. That we want to submit ourselves to Him. And in submitting ourselves to Him, God will reward me accordingly. Not necessarily according to what I want, but it is always according to what I need. Remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Do you notice that God didn't say, I will supply your wants accordingly. No. He says, I will supply your need according to His riches in glory. That means according to how He's going to do it. According to how He's going to bless you with. Listen, church. God's ways is higher than our ways. But if you're always insistent on your way, on how you want Him to bless you, on how you want Him to get you out of your problems, you will be disappointed because His ways are higher than our ways. That's why learning to submit yourself to Him is very important because it frees you out. It frees you out, right? From this desire of insisting on your own way. Listen, church, learning the unforced rhythms of grace is the act of submitting to Him in obedience and in your being so that you and I are ready and are able to receive what is best for us from Him. But a reward system of merit or salvation by works is the act of doing things to please Him both in action and in your behavior. But it is to receive the reward that you want for your life. You leave no room for God to bless you differently. You leave no room for God to deliver you 
differently. You are insistent on your own way. You are insistent on the way that God brings you out of this crisis. Therefore, to experience the great exchange on the cross, you need to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Instead of living your life based on a reward system of merits. Okay? So how do you go about doing it? Listen, church, I only have one point today and I'm not going to preach very long. How do you understand these unforced rhythms of grace? So point number one, right? To experience this great exchange on the cross. Remember, it's an exchange, not a transaction. To experience this great exchange, you need to, number one, understand what is the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, the first thing that you need to know is that God is not a Jedi. Now, He doesn't like the phrase, may the force be with you. Do you know that? Why? Because God never wants to force you to do anything for Him. God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He never wants to force you to do anything for Him. He wants you to do things for Him out of your heart not out of duty. His favorite phrase is not, may the force be with you. No, that's not his favorite phrase. A phrase. Do you know what is God's favorite phrase? God's favorite phrase that he wants to hear from you and I is this, not my will, but your will be done. Wow. Let me say it one more time. God's favorite phrase is not my will, but your will be done. And church, that's exactly what God wants you to experience in order for you to experience the great exchange of the cross. Because it is not about a transaction. It is not about doing something in order to get something. But it is about coming or being or becoming to a state of being, of total surrender and total abandonment that you and I can finally say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, Lord, I'm, I'm going to stop complaining about what I want and I'm going to start surrendering myself to what you want me to do. Not my will, but your will be done. Now church, this is exactly what God wants you to come to a state of being. Now, likewise, if He doesn't like to force you to do things for Him, you cannot force Him. You also cannot coerce Him to do anything for you. You must learn to surrender to God. You must learn to come to a state of this being of not my will, but your will be done. In prayer and in your worship, until you can say to the Lord, Lord, no longer my will, but let your will be done. You know what, church? Think about this. As Christians, two important occasions that we celebrate as Christians. What are they? Christmas and Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter in a couple of weeks' time. But if you think about it, in Christmas and in Easter, both have a common theme. Now, what is the common theme? It's not that both of these occasions are public holidays, no. But that in both situations, for Christmas and Easter to happen, the main character, both of them, had to submit themselves to the Lord to ultimately say, 
Not my will, but your will be done. Both Mary and Jesus, the both of them had to submit. Listen, the Lord never forced them to do the virgin birth or dying on the cross respectively. But they did it because even though they were struggling in the very first place, even though they didn't want to do it in the very first place, but the both of them came into this state of being to finally say, not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because they realize that in crisis, in inconvenience, in problems, in sufferings, they realize that there is a will more at work than their very own will. And this is where God wants to bring you to in the midst of crisis, in the midst of situations that you don't like. The reward system of merit, or what we call as salvation by works, this kind of thinking, we have this idea that by doing spiritual works, or by clocking in more prayer times, by having longer fasting days, or longer commitment in ministry, listen, you think that by having or by doing all these things, it entitles you to demand God to act according to what you want. Or worse, you think that you are entitled to ask God to excuse you from any form of sufferings or virus or crisis. And the thing is this, when you have this idea that the faith that we are living with Jesus Christ, it is a reward-based system or it is by transaction, it causes you to become a Christian that is always feeling entitled. Entitled, entitled for God to do things for you. You think that God is obligated to do things for you. Why? Because you have kept your part of the bargain and you think that God must therefore fulfill his part of the bargain. Or another aspect is that you think that because you are such a goody-goody Christian, you are therefore entitled to be excused from sufferings, from troubles, from inconveniences, from any form of viruses. So you can travel anywhere in the world thinking that you'll be protected in Jesus' name. Don't forget, church, the salvation will of God for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not to avoid the fire, but to instead go through the fire. Now listen, church. Think about this. Just now I talk about Mary and Jesus. You see, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and told Mary that, Mary, you have been chosen by God to do this virgin birth. Now, the Bible says that Mary said this to the angel, how can this be? <laughs> Do you know what that means? It's mostly like you and I. When things happen to us, what is the first thing that we say to God? How can this be? How can it be me? <laughs> you know, when, when, when something happened to you, when a crisis happened to you, what is the first thing that you will say? Lord, how can this be? And Mary is the same. He said, how can this be? You know what, angel? Don't forget. My name is Mary. I'm a very good Christian. I've been praying. I've been reading the Bible. I've been going to church. In fact, when City Harvest have no on-site services, 
I've been faithful to watch online services, week in and week out. I've been a very good Christian. I've been behaving well as a Christian. How can this be that you have chosen me to do this virgin birth? Why? Because to do the virgin birth is going to be very, very, very difficult for Mary. She faces a lot of rejection. She will face a lot of rejection. She will face a lot of um, criticism. And worse, she's going to experience threats or even death because during that period of time, the society cannot accept that you are pregnant when you are unmarried. So Mary is afraid. And Mary said, how can this be? How can this thing happen to me? How can this thing happen to me when I've been such a good Christian, when I've been such a wonderful Christian, when I've been attending online services every week, faithfully? Angel, you got the Mary wrong. Please go to that Mary next door who have not been watching online services faithfully. That is the Mary that you need to go to. Now church, when Mary said that to the angel, what did the angel say to Mary? You know what did the angel say? You know what Mary, I'm very sorry. Come to think about it, after I look through your records, you are right leh. You actually have been a very good Christian. You actually have been praying. You actually have been attending crowning sessions. You actually have been up to date with your Bible reading. You actually have been attending services online. We must have gotten the wrong Mary. We must have gone. We must right now change to go to the Mary next door who have not been watching services online. Did the angel do that? Absolutely not. In fact, what did the angel do? The angel told Mary this, Mary, don't be afraid. I'm not going to change my plan. I'm not going to change Mary. <laughs> you are still going to do the virgin birth. You are still going to do this crisis or inconvenience. But what I'm going to tell you is this. I'm going to tell you the purpose behind your pain. Because inside this inconvenience, you will birth off the Savior of the world. You know what? With that in mind, when Mary realized that God's salvation is not to avoid crisis, but to go through the crisis with Him, she experienced the peace of God. She experienced the rest of God. The rest of God did not happen when the angel said, you know what, I've made a mistake. I should have chosen that Mary who have not been attending services online. And Mary said, wow, hang ah, thank God ah. And I find rest. No. <laughs> the rest happened when she realized that it's not about avoiding crisis, but it is about going through the crisis with Jesus. And when she experienced that purpose and rest in her soul, she came to that realization that there is more of God's will at work in her life than her very own will. And that's why she finally can say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Let it be according to your word. That is true rest. <laughs> that is the great exchange of burden to rest. 
not by eliminating your problems only, but it is about discovering that Jesus is right in your boat, with you in the midst of the storm. So what I'm trying to say is this. I'm not saying that those spiritual disciplines like prayer, reading the Bible, coming to church are wrong. Please, can you please don't think that what I'm saying, praying, reading the Bible, ministry, coming to services are all useless. No, I'm not saying that. I am not saying that. What I'm trying to say is this, that those things are not just a means to an end. It is not a tool of transactions. But rather, it is a way for you and I to come to a state of being. A state of being of, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Because until you can come to that state of being, God cannot do His will upon you. Instead, prayer, reading the Bible, fasting, ministry, worship, all these things, what they do to you is this. It's not a means to an end, but what it do, what it does is that it gives meaning to what you're going through so that you and I can reach God's purpose at the very end. And that's how prayer, fasting, worship works inside us. The exchange from burden to rest happened, not by God eliminating the problems away from you, but by God to finally reveal to you the meaning of your mess, the purpose behind your pain, not just removing it, but revealing His purpose behind your pain. And when you realize that, that Jesus has not abandoned you, that Jesus is actually right next to you, working together with you in the midst of the crisis, you will find rest in your soul. And you will realize that there is more at there is more at work of God's will in me than insisting on my own very will. That's why prayer, worship, fasting, scripture, meditation, they are all important because it brings you into this state of being. It's not just a transaction tool for your deliverance. Hallelujah. You know what, church? In closing, I want to say this. It's not just Mary who had to go through this. Her husband Joseph also had to go through the same process. Remember, if you cannot honour the process, God cannot honour His promises to you. Now, look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 25. And if you look at Joseph, he too experienced the same thing. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Remember, Joseph was a righteous man. And Joseph was up to date in his Bible reading during this season of Lent. Not only that, he obeyed the Word of God and he lived out the Word of God. So this is a man here that have every right, right, to experience the blessing of God. And yet, he said he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So the Bible says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Do you see that when Joseph was presented with a problem, what did the Bible say? He contemplated his way according to his own way how to get out of this mess. So what did the Bible say? He prayed and he considered that the best option was to divorce Mary quietly, was to leave the marriage, was to leave Mary completely. That was his way. That was his mindset. I believe he must be praying to God, Lord, give me a way out. And the best way out, according to my imagination, according to my picture, according to my thinking, according to my will, is to leave Mary out, is to abandon her. But what did the angel came to say to Joseph? The Bible says that in verse 20 to verse 21, the angel said to Joseph, Joseph, don't leave Mary. <laughs> Stay in your marriage. Don't leave your marriage. Even though what you have in mind is to leave the marriage. But the angel said, don't leave Mary. Stay in this marriage. Now, do you notice? that Joseph was a righteous man. He was behaving righteously and faithfully according to the Lord of God. Now, he must be praying, Lord, why is it happening to me like this? If it is possible, can you don't choose Mary? If it is possible, can you ask Mary to do a second pregnancy test? And hopefully tomorrow when she come back to give me the second pregnancy test and tell me, thank God, Joseph, the test result is negative. That is your way. That is your thinking. That is your image of how the deliverance will come about. That it was a mistake. That's probably what you and I will be thinking of, isn't it? Because you say, Lord, you must honor my prayer. Listen, I'm a faithful guy. I'm a righteous guy. I've been praying. I've been serving you. I've been behaving well. I'm not a terrible Christian. So Lord, you are obligated to honor, to honor me by making sure that tomorrow the pregnancy test result the second time will come out as negative. But did the angel do that? No. Did the angel say to Joseph, okay lah, okay lah Joseph, I tell you what lah, since you are so good, since you are such a good Christian, since you have been up to date with your Bible reading, I'm going to choose a different Joseph. I'm going to choose another Mary. I'm going to let you off this time so that you will be not, in, you will not be inconvenienced, so that you will experience no trouble. No. Is that what God wants him to do? Does, you know, did the, the angel say that to Joseph? No. Listen, church, being a good Christian and prayer didn't excuse Joseph 
from the mess. Instead, what did the angel say to Joseph? Joseph, don't give up. Stay in this marriage, because out of this problem comes the miracle for your circumstances. Inside this problem will come forth the savior of the world. Listen, church. Maybe you and I are feeling frustrated. Maybe you and I are feeling very, very, very nervy, anxious, worried because of this COVID-19 virus situation. Many of you are actually struggling, probably in your career, in your job. Maybe some of you have lost your job, and you are blaming God, and you are angry with God because all these years you've been praying, all these years you have been a good Christian, all these years you have kept your part of the bargain. And you think that by using your spiritual chips, you can bargain with God to give you your rewards or a peaceful life. But the fact of the matter is, you experience problem. Some of you lost your job. Some of you probably experience a downward spiral in your career. But friends, I want you to know: come to Jesus. He wants to give you rest, and that rest. It's not according to your imagination or your image that suddenly things turn around, and you know what? The COVID-19 virus was completely blown away, and things go back to normal almost immediately, and you're no longer retrenched. You actually get a promotion. That's all. I mean, look, church, we are all praying like that, and that's what we should be praying. Remember what Pastor said: we need to pray to believe, but. We need to allow God to have the final say. We need to surrender ourselves to Him, and find rest in Him, not by eliminating my problem, but by coming to a state of being, to realize that there is more of God's will at work in me than insisting on my very own will. And when you come to a state of saying, "Lord, not my will, but Your will be done." In this COVID-19 virus situation, I can tell you this: God will give you rest, and God will give you a purpose, and God will give you the meaning behind the mess, just like how the angel did to Joseph. He gave Joseph the purpose behind his pain, and because of this, Joseph was able to calm down, was able to find rest, was able to find peace. To persevere through the mess, and to ultimately see through God's salvation work in his life. Wow, City Harvest Church, continue to pray, continue to fast, continue to do your spiritual disciplines. But please remember, they are not tools of transaction. They are not a means to an end, to get what you want, or what you want God to do for you. You cannot force or you cannot coerce God to do things for you. Instead, like Mary, like Joseph, let God brings you to a place where you learn to submit and to surrender to Jesus. Remember, understand the unforced rhythms of grace. The first thing that you must understand: God cannot be forced. God cannot be coerced. You cannot tell God what to do. But learn to surrender and submit yourself under the hand of the Almighty God, and He will provide a way out for you. 
And that's how you come into God's rest. Not by mere of transaction, but by coming to a state of being so that you are ready for a great exchange. You see, church, when God came to save this world, He came as our substitute. He didn't come as a businessman, transaction, no. He came as our substitute. He became our substitute. That means what? You don't need to do anything. All you need to do is to have faith in Him and believe in Him and submit yourself to Him and He will take over the circumstances on your behalf. And together with Jesus, with Him in your boat, He will finally bring you to the other side. That's how the great exchange works, by understanding the unforced rhythms of grace. See, the Church, I've concluded my sermon. And the next time, if I continue, we will go to point number two. And that is to understand what it means when he says the rhythm of grace. But today I pray that the Word of God will minister to you and speak to you so deeply so that you and I can, can find rest in the midst of this uncertainty. You know what? The WHO just declared that this COVID-19 situation is a pandemic. <laughs> Everyone probably is like panicking right now. But church, you don't have to panic. You can find rest in God. You can find God taking over your circumstances. You can find God coming in into your boat because with God, He can bring you to the other side and you are able to get out of this problem, get out of this situation, completely blessed and completely in the will of God. You know what? I'm going to end by praying for you. Right now, wherever you are, I want you to close your eyes. Or if you cannot close your eyes, I want you to put your hands on your heart. Maybe there are some of you here in this place today, you are facing a lot of problems, inconveniences, storms of life because of this COVID-19 situation. Maybe today you are so full of worry, anxiety because things are not going well. Business are going down. Your career is in jeopardy. Or maybe some of you are sick in your body and today you are just worried you're just anxious. Friends, I want to pray for you that you can experience God's rest because Jesus says, come to Him. He wants to give you rest. But understand the unforced rhythm of grace and that is to learn to submit, to learn to surrender and to learn to say, not my will, but your will be done. I can guarantee you when you come to that state of being, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or imagine to get you out of your situation. If that is you, right now, wherever you are, close your eyes or put your hands on your heart and I want you to listen to this prayer and receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for everyone here. Listening, Lord, to the sermon and Lord, for those of our members who are going through tough times, who are going through uncertainties, whose businesses are greatly affected, whose careers are feeling, are feeling threatened right now. Those of us who are sick in their body, those of us probably, Lord, who are feeling pain in their body, pain in their marriages. Father, I pray, let them all come to a state 
of not my will, but your will be done. Let them stop struggling. Let them stop feeling frustrated. Let them stop feeling that you are obligated to deliver them according to their way. But let them come to a state of being to say, Jesus, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, because when we surrender ourselves and submit ourselves to you, you have a better way in store for us. And you have great things in store for us. And you are able to deliver us according to your way, according to your perspective. So Father, I pray that the presence of God right now will envelope every single one of them to quiet down their hearts so that their hearts will no longer be in a hurry, but they can experience peace and rest in the midst of their circumstances. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Are you blessed by this week's podcast? Tell us at connect at chc.org.sg 